Welcome back to CyPCs in the podcast. My name is Inara. I'm your host. We're going to be talking about relationships, all facets of relationships, not just side pieces. But I had to do something to get you to listen. Um, we do talk about side pieces, though, just just so that you know. Um, so anyway, this episode, I'm just going to be talking to you about the dissolution of my marriage. My marriage was dope. My ex-wife was my best friend. Um, and the best part is I knew that she had my back. Um, very comfortable to be around. And yet, I was uncomfortable being around her. So, when it was all said and done, I didn't show up enough. She didn't show up enough. We let little things grow and grow and grow and go unchecked. And then it resulted in our marriage dying a death of a thousand cuts. No big thing. No one like, oh, that was it. After that, it was never the same. Uh, just a lot of small disappointments, a lot of not showing up, just aggregates. And then on both sides, you start thinking things aren't right. But uh, in my case, I was thinking, eh, we should fix this. And in her case, she was thinking, mm, peace. So without further delay, let's get into me and my relationship fuckery. Um, based on the way I was raised, my peer group, the media I ingested, my track record with women in the first place, I had a lot of trash in my head, I had a lot of stupid ideas that I thought, and a lot of them weren't even my ideas. I gotta say, I just adopted them from somebody else. Um, I was desperately afraid of being abandoned, while simultaneously keeping my wife and pretty much everybody else at arm's length. Um, I was definitely in the grips of the avoidant attachment style. Welcome to the Avoidant Attachment Style. The Avoidant Attachment Style is compatible with most other dysfunctions. Order now and we'll give you the inability to let your guard down. Emotional camouflage that hides both your vulnerabilities and your fears of abandonment with a, air quote, manly varnish. We'll throw in loneliness at no extra cost. You'll get so good at hiding your emotions, you won't even know that you have them. But beware, the avoidant attachment style comes with a few side effects like low self-esteem, victim mentality, fear of trying, fear of failure, unwarranted chips on your shoulders, self-reliance in a bad way, poor execution, poor discipline, pushing away the people that you love the most, and the inability to enjoy life to the fullest. The avoidant attachment style is brought to you by Side PCs in the podcast, and we hope you don't have it. All right, sorry, I had to do it. Um... Seemed like a good way to get into the seriousness of the situation. So I've got this push-pull thing happening in my head and in my heart. I want you there. I need you there. One of my greatest fears is that you would leave me. And then that would mean that I'm not good enough in all of these things. So in practice, how does that how does that look? Like what does it do? Well, the fact that I am so conflicted and and pushing you away while pulling you in leads to me being unable to meet her where she needs me to be and and me unable to execute where I want to be like it's crippling me and it's going to cripple every other aspect and every other relationship that I have so that was my base of operation what I needed was an intervention with uh, some some wise counsel, but I didn't have any. There was nobody there to talk to me. So the whole thing was really doomed from the start. Um, I see that now, and it makes complete sense. But back then, I, I didn't 
see it. I mean, and if you would have asked me at the time of the divorce, okay, when did things go bad? I would have picked somewhere between the 17 to 18 year point. Um, but that's not really accurate. It actually was bad from the start. There was, there was an uncomfortable undercurrent within myself where I'm trying to hold back. So if I'm trying to hold back, that means I'm not fully committing and I'm not fully committing in some really basic ways that are, that are so easy to change, fix, eliminate, whatever you want to say. So for example, my wife's love languages are physical touch and quality time, pretty even split between the two. Um, those were huge hurdles for me based on this whole avoidance style because if I'm all over you and touching you, I feel uncomfortable. I feel like I'm doing too much. I'm being weak. I'm showing this vulnerability. Like, But that's not what I would be showing. For her, that shows that I'm really with her, right? But I'm, I'm this is stupid. We're watching Netflix. She gets on the couch right next to me and I'm like, hey, can you give me some space? Like, I don't want you on me. Not because I don't want her on me, but because I don't want to seem too lovey-dovey. I don't want to seem soft. Now, that's some stupid shit. And I recognize the idiot, the idiot that I was. But I also recognize where it was all coming from. I wasn't raised with that. Like, I, I felt uncomfortable with that. Though I liked it. Um, then, the only time that you're going to get the physical touch is when it's time to have sex, which sends an interesting message, right? Like, uh, I only want to touch you when we're going to have sex. Not good. Not good at all. And while we're on the topic of sex, we were together 21 years. I could not tell you what her the favorite things she had about sex. She had times when she enjoyed it. I can tell. Um, she admitted it. Overall, I don't know what she liked about sex with me. I never asked. Now, she didn't feel comfortable with it. She was naive and, and young and all of that stuff in that area, but um, a big part of that was that I didn't make the environment comfortable enough where she could feel like we could explore this and really get to the bedrock of it all, right? That like my avoidant ways mixed with my kind of domineering style kind of made her little naivete in relationships. She's just like, you know what? I'm just not even going to say anything. She was not comfortable enough to express herself in that way. And there were other things. There was always things that I knew were going unsaid, um, which leads us into quality time. I was so selfish with my time. Um, and I was lazy again with, with getting down to the, to the bedrock foundational ideas and concepts that were going on in her head. So we had, we talked so much. We talked and talked and talked and talked. We had great conversations, hilarious conversations. She's super funny, um, smart, and just has a unique outlook in general. And I know that we got to the point where we were really good at reading each other. Um, we still had some pretty good conversations, and I knew her 
pretty damn well. Um, we could communicate with just looks alone and I could read her body language really well. This is one particular time. This is indicative of how I would get down. I was out the door going to go meet some friends. Um, and I could see from her body language that something was wrong. Something was bothering her. And, and maybe she was feeling a little fragile at that moment. So I asked, Hey, are you okay? Do you need something? She said, no, a hundred percent, every part of me, everything I can see, everything I could feel, everything I know about her tells me that that, that was not the real answer. And all I had to do, I was going to some, do some martial arts, nothing, nothing life threatening, nothing life saving or changing. I could have easily stopped, sat down on the couch next to her and just put my arm around her. Simple shit. It's not rocket science, people. It's not rocket science. When I say people, I really mean myself back then in that situation. It's a fucking idiot. Um, but yeah, it's easy to mistake a high volume of words for effective soul illuminating communication. And, and they're not the same. They're definitely not the same. Beyond that, if you're paying attention, you can see the body language. You should know the person well enough that you can know that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, good talker, not necessarily a great communicator back then. Um, and, and like I said, there's a huge difference. Um, yeah, hmm. yeah, it was, <laughs> my marriage was so dope. Um, somebody once said something that I, that I, I'm going to pass along to y'all. It was cool as ice, but then it got hot. Um, <laughs> Uh, if you would have asked me at the time of the divorce when things got bad, I would have said uh, somewhere around the 17 to 18 year point. That was when I noticed, like consciously noticed the change. And I'm like, eh, I'm going to have to start doing some stuff here. This, something's, this is not going quite the way I want it to go. But really, if, if, if I'm honest and I think about it now and I look at it and you know, of course hindsight's 2020 with my avoidance style, her, naivete and just you know um not wanting to like you know let her voice be heard or feeling uncomfortable letting her voice be heard um that we were were on thin ice from the day one but you know you don't know that then um again hindsight's 2020 uh i don't know so one thing that i have learned um is that usually by the time the guy gets his head out of his butt and starts deciding that he needs to take some action. The woman is checked out. She's gone. When, by the time you notice that it's over, it's really over. Like (laughs) when you notice as a man that there's trouble, it's, it's usually too late. Um, I'm not going to say usually too late, but it's definitely a lot further gone than you think it is. Um, so the big question is, uh, you know, like they're going back and forth. Like, do I stay? Do I leave? And they're unhappy, but they stay sometimes. Or they have made up their mind that they're going to leave, but they drag their feet on the decision. Um, why is that happening? Is it money? Is it the kids? Is it status? Is it the friend group? Like, you know, there's all these things that people think, but... I think maybe not. 
I think I think probably people stay because of the fear that they're making the wrong decision. Like you know, you can't really leave somebody and then come back, right? It's a, so you have to know. Like it's like ah, this is. You think of all the good things more so than the bad things, and you're like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't go. Um, and the other thing is the fear of loneliness. Like we we get this all or nothing mentality, right? So you think if I leave this marriage or this relationship. There won't be another one. Like so, I think those are the two things. I mean, you get the external voices from your friends and family, Facebook, Fabio, social media, whatever. There's a lot of people that tell you all their things that they think about relationships. Um, so you you kind of have to really know yourself and know who you're dealing with, and that's why I stress coming to the relationship with all of your baggage unpacked as much as possible because your friends are going to tell you whatever they think, but they don't know the dynamics of the, they're not in it. And I hate when people take relationship advice from people that have fucked up relationships or no relationship at all. Right. Um, if you've never done it well, or you've never done it at all, I don't care what you think. Um, but yeah, so, so they're going to go through some things where they're thinking of whether or not they should leave. And that's what I noticed at the 17 to 18 year point. That's what was going on with my ex-wife. She was kind of thinking, this isn't working. I don't think it's ever going to work. I need to go. I should just go. And her f- peer group is feeding into that for sure. I don't think that they created that idea. I'm just saying that they're, they're feeding it because once she says that, well, they're friends. They want to support her. They want to see her win. They want to see her happy. So they're going to be like, yeah, you should go. He ain't shit. I don't know if they said that, but that's how I imagine it went down. Um, so anyway, I didn't create this comfortable environment. I didn't really do the work to dig in and, and find out what she was thinking, even though I knew that there were some unshared thoughts um and i didn't figure out and work on me and myself so in in a way i fucked it up with self-sabotage um but again it wasn't all me um we both played roles in that but our relationship just the, the the basic components we had a good seed if we managed it differently it would have been big things it would have been big things um it was great for a long time uh, you know what? It's still big things because I needed to get my ass kicked emotionally by her leaving me in order for me to pull my head out of my ass and kind of own up to my own bullshit and start working my way through it. So it's a win, not not the kind I would recommend to anybody, but you know, it was a win. I'm better now than I was before, so that's the important thing. But. For those of you out there that are in it and everything seems to be going good, don't take your foot off the gas. You've got to do the work. If you have something that, you know, you've got to understand yourself. If you've got any kind of weird attachment thing happening that's getting in the way and putting little roadblocks, if you've got any unresolved little issues that you're letting just limp along and throw in one more straw and one more straw and one more straw, You've heard the term, the straw that breaks the camel's back, right? Like all of those little disappointments and not showing up, that shit's going to aggregate. I guarantee you it will aggregate. So no matter what 
good things you have going, if you're not showing up the way you need to show up all the time, you're going to have a problem. Um, and the whole point of this is for you to not have problems. The whole point of this is for you to have the best relationships possible. Um, going on a tangent, relationships, every buddy that you interact with you're having a relationship with so this is not just for romantic relationships this is this is for if if there's something that is happening that you don't like you need to address it um you need to have boundaries we've talked about all this stuff before but we're going to talk about it again over and over again because it's fundamental to all relationships um so if you need psychiatric help if you need to talk to somebody try and figure out these problems and you need some guidance I'll say two things. There's tons of resources out there, so go get them. But the other thing I'll say is that sometimes you can do this all yourself. Take some reflection. Self-reflection is is key. You know, do a little meditation, do a little deep thinking. Be honest with yourself and find your weaknesses and then shore them up, right? Don't weaken your strengths, strengthen your weaknesses. All right, that's it. I gotta run. I gotta go to work. So um, you guys. Have a great day. Have a great week. Be your best. Do your best. Take care of each other. I'll catch you next time. This is Side Piece Season, the podcast. And I'm Inero, and I'm out.